This afternoon we're going to explore another practice of the heart, which in Pali is called mudita. That's the language close to the language the Buddha taught or spoke, mudita. It gets translated as empathetic joy. And um, the way it's held in our tradition, um, it's seen that kindness is sort of universal. Metta is universal. It's almost always applicable, being friendly, being kind. And then in certain circumstances, that kindness can really meet and resonate with somebody else in pain or sort of recognizing your own pain. And that's sort of the expression of compassion when kindness drops in and is able to not be afraid of or flinch when you're in contact with your pain or another pain. You actually have the heart capacity to connect. Loving kindness also can turn towards joy when you recognize the well-being and the happiness. There's a celebration in the kindness when you recognize the good fortune of yourself or another. And so when the heart moves in that direction towards celebration, towards acknowledgement, we call that mudita or empathetic joy. And so you can think about it like, you know, puppies, children, and kittens, <laughs> the easiest category. If they just are, there's often like, ah, oh, it's, you know, a puppy uh, or a child sleeping. There's sort of like a natural warmth. But when you celebrate with a child, when a child does something and they're enthralled by something they've just done, they're happy, they're laughing, the way your soul lights up when another soul lights up, that's mudita. So that might be an easy door in to even start to um, catch the frequency of mudita when your heart naturally rejoices and celebrates, uh, when you see the good fortune of another, when you see another um, laughing or uh, finally getting something they wanted or uh, some great fortune happening or just some joy, but that day is going well for somebody and you celebrate it. You actually take the time to resonate with the well-being and the elevated well-being of another. That's mudita. It has um, some blocks to, to it, some classical blocks. One is that if you're not paying attention, sometimes when someone else has a win, you might trip into envy. And so if your heart goes, oh, so-and-so is having a great time, I wish I were having a great time. And so rather than lifting on somebody else's joy, there's a sense of, I don't have enough, or I didn't get a piece of that. So that envy is the opposite. Another thing that happens around somebody else uh, having a good fortune or feeling joy is that rather than just celebrating and recognizing them, you think somehow it's going to come back to you. So, wow, you won the lottery? Wow, who are you going to give that to? (laughs) (laughs) If I celebrate with you, wow, I might really get something from this. And so their joy becomes your joy, but not your joy purely in their joy. There comes like, oh, this could come back to me somehow. so a couple things to look out for when you start tuning into mudita. You might run into an envy block, or you might run into the, um, oh, you're in a good mood, which is great, because I can finally ask you that thing I've always wanted to ask you. <laughs> this would be a good time. 
to bring up that you know hard conversation, but they're already in a good mood. Another block that I've noticed is that sometimes uh, we can be skeptical of good news. We don't want to trust it. We're worried about letting our defenses down around good news. So if you have a skeptical nature, or if you're if you have a natural pull towards the sufferings of others, the sufferings in the world, then when you see good news, it just doesn't register. And a lot of our news is um, churning and churning and churning on the hardships of the world. And there's more and more access to the hardships of the world. And if you're not careful, that compassionate response to recognizing the hardships of the world, can, you can swamp yourself, you can swamp your boat. You can be overrun with uh, sorrow. And so from that, you may not feel comfortable celebrating. You may feel, um, it may be foreign territory to celebrate. And it's absolutely necessary if you're going to be courageous in meeting your pain and the pain of others, that you also know how to celebrate and you know what to celebrate and your heart is open to it so that when you see the good fortune of another, you feel that lift. And so if your heart, if your heart doesn't do that naturally, it's something that you should practice. Growing up in, the, in New England, um, because of those bitter winters and that Yankee mentality, um, good news was shared, but it was always with the sense like, watch out, watch out for good news, because that's when you lower your defenses. That's when you don't prepare for winter. <laughs> so be careful. Good news is good, but you know, keep your eyes open on good news. And that seemed that seemed valid until I came to California. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, you have no worry about good news. <laughs> you seem to be very good news oriented." Uh, <laughs> where's that scan on like uh, the dangers of good news? And it's like, like how long have you been here? <laughs> oh. I was once walking with my brother on a beach in Oregon, and this um, stranger was walking in the opposite direction, and they walked right towards us, and my brother put his hand on his wallet. <laughs> I was like, like, I bet this is gonna go okay. It's like, yeah, but why is a stranger walking towards us? And I was like, oh, right, you just got off the plane. <laughs> so it's something to scan for your patterns and see how do, you, how do you fare with good news? Do you celebrate easily? And it's okay if you don't, because that's who we are right now. That's a pattern we have right now. But it is something to cultivate. And so as we get into this practice, the mudita practice, it might be very easy for you. Um, and you might run into like, oh, that was harder than I thought to celebrate the good fortunes of myself and others. And that's something to be, take interest in. So take interest in how your heart relates to this practice. Another challenge would be, if during the rhythms of the day, you've just opened up to loss, or your heart's in a different place, and joy really is just not quite where you're at, so even though this is the time we're going to be celebrating joy, um, your heart's not there. The way you work with that is you don't ever try to override your heart enforce it in a certain direction. You drop into, this is how all these practices work. You acknowledge where you are and then see if from where you are you can still point in a certain direction. Like even though I'm having a hard day, I recognize your good fortune. Even though I'm in a place of grief, 
I can still see that I'm glad you're having that experience. I'm glad that things are going well for you. You don't try to like, get rid of your heart space to then only feel joy. You acknowledge where you are and then see if you can drop into where you are. You can point in the direction of recognizing and celebrating somebody else's well-being. We want to do that through all the practices. We don't ever want to steamroll a certain emotion um, over what we're actually feeling. You want to see if you can point in the direction of that practice from wherever you are. It becomes less and less conditional. You don't need to be happy to share in the happiness of others. You can recognize we all go up and down, and I'm seeing that you're going up. That's beautiful. I'm, having a, I'm actually going into a hard space. But that doesn't cloud my mind from being able to access and recognize your good fortune. I was on Facebook um, once. <laughs> just once. I just thought I'd try it. <laughs> and I had four friends. My parent just passed away, celebrating the birth of a child. Another parent just passed away, celebrating the birth of a child. Those four, boom, 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 boom. And there was this sort of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's beautiful, oh my God, oh my God, ah, that's beautiful. And in that way, <clears throat> when, they, when they ripen, if they're so interconnected, joy and compassion. Because we, ha- because we can open to the pain, we're not running or escaping into the joy. We recognize we're all going up and down. That's the nature of being human. And from that, there is birth and death, and there are joys and sorrows, and there are pains in the world, but there are also beauties in the world. And letting your heart know both sides of that equation is really important. There's a time that I was working in a shelter for homeless teenagers, and my heart was stretching and stretching and stretching to see all the pain and suffering in these family systems. And just when we'd kind of get one kid out the door into a good situation, two more would come in who had just been brought in by the police and domestic violence. And it was so heartbreaking. But I was trying to be mature about it and like grow. But then I, I stopped connecting to joy consciously. I didn't know I was supposed to connect to joy consciously. And about a year of doing that, it just looked like everybody was abusing everybody. It just looked like the human experiment was completely flawed. And all I saw was sort of wounding and the potential of wounding. And then someone said, you haven't connected to joy in a while. I was like, I don't think I should. Like, I think it's important to keep stretching into the pains of the world. I don't want to be one of those lightweights that can't handle it. And I don't want to run from the pain in the world. And it's like, you're not going to last very long if you don't consciously connect to joy. So please, consciously, you seem to have a gravity towards pain and suffering but you've lost any type of connection to the beauties in the world. And if you don't connect to them, you can't sustain yourself. Of the two statues we have in the middle, one is uh, a Buddha image from Thailand. And next to the Buddha image, the wooden image, is of Kuan Yin, and probably from China. And the amazing thing about Kuan Yin is she has the strength to hear the 10,000 sorrows of the world She actually has that strength. But she only has that strength because she also can equally hear the 10,000 joys. 
she hears the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. But what people really are impressed by is she's willing to listen to the 10,000 sorrows because that's hard. But she only, she's not just a bodhisattva, the being who can hear the sorrows. She also can hear all the laughter. And so that's important that we know karuna, compassion, and we also know mudita, empathetic joy, when we resonate and feel the lift purely for the well-being of another. So let's, uh, let's practice this a little bit. And then <clears throat> there might be some time to kind of check in on how that was for you. So again, the way we're going to practice is, first, don't try to make anything different. Just acknowledge, this is how I am right now. That's a kindness to yourself. What's happening for you now is the perfect place to start empathetic joy. But first drop in to what's true for you now. Are you feeling peaceful? Are you feeling tired? Is there some irritation going on? Some anger or sadness? Breathe a little bit with how you are right now. Not trying, to, not trying to change anything about how you are right now, can you still access the joy and the lift that somebody else might be having a beautiful experience? It's not meant to diminish what you're experiencing, but just as you have had good experiences, you have had joys, there's somebody you know, there's somebody you've known that you can bring to heart and mind that's had good fortune. There's a smile on their face. They're feeling just naturally happy or something's really beautiful happened for them. They've just fallen in love. A child has been born healthy. They're about to take off on an incredible vacation They've had many days in a row, if not weeks, of feeling healthy and strong. So allow yourself to be as you are, and then point your heart in the direction of celebrating somebody else's good fortune. An infant learns to walk and smiles. A child learns to ride a bicycle. An athlete scores a goal. It's somebody's birthday and they're surrounded by friends.
the classical phrase we use to keep pointing our heart in this direction, once you have a candidate for your mudita, is may your happiness continue or may your happiness increase. You can also try, I celebrate your happiness. I celebrate your joy. Maybe more common is, wow, that is good news. I'm so happy for you. Let's celebrate. God, I'm so happy for you. If you're connected to your own heart, then that wish is tender. So don't override your heart to find joy. Be true to yourself and then recognize somebody else is winning at life. Somebody else is having a lifting moment let your heart quiver with that. Let your heart resonate with the joy of another. May your happiness continue. I rejoice in your well-being. I celebrate your good fortune. Way to go. Nice job. However you would put it, whatever phrase makes sense to you in that circumstance. Great job. You earn that. Like any other practice, you have to be patient with it. Your mind will wander. See if you cannot force it and yet keep inviting yourself back to celebrate the well-being, the joy, the good fortune of another. Cultivating an access to joy happiness, being uplifted by the good news. Another common phrase is, I'm proud of you. That's mudita, recognizing something well done, sharing in the joy. I'm proud of you. Well done. Let's celebrate. 
as with all these practices, if it's natural to stay with one person and your heart can stay steady with one person and one celebration, then you can stay with that. If another person comes up and wants to be celebrated, if that's natural, you can move to celebrate the well-being, the joy, the uplift of another friend, another person you care for, another being you care for. Find the pace that works with you in saying phrases, maybe shifting to another person, shifting back. It's also okay to practice this for yourself. I'm celebrating my happiness. I'm celebrating my good fortune. I rejoice in my health, my well-being. I rejoice in my friends. I celebrate what I've accomplished. I'm having a joyful relationship to myself. If you try too hard with any of these practices, it will be fatiguing. So it's not through force. The effort can taste like patience, steadiness, gentle but steady, cultivating a connection empathetic joy for another or for yourself.
I am so happy for you. That's so amazing. If you're in a space where you're having a difficult time personally, you can say, right now I'm having a hard time, yet I still recognize your happiness and celebrate your good fortune. Just because I'm having a hard time, I'm not blind your happiness. I care. I celebrate your happiness, even though today has been hard for me.
Seeing you happy has made my day. There's kind of a funny image when the Buddha gave his very first discourse to his first students. He talked a lot about suffering, but he knew that that was actually going to help them get free of it. And one of his students had amazing insight. And the Buddha's like, oh my God, that's great. You know, roughly translated. <laughs> and he's like, look, look, it, you, you can do it. And so the Buddha has this joy that one of his students has this. So the Buddha has mudita at the end of his very first discourse that it translated over and somebody got the benefit of it. The Buddha is filled with happiness. That's mudita. But it gets better because there are some 
deva spirits around and they see that happen and they start celebrating. And some devas that weren't looking look over and it's like, what are they celebrating? Like, oh my God, that's great. And then the ones that weren't, that were next to them, see them celebrating. Why are everybody celebrating? Oh my God, that's great. And it turns out it starts echoing up and up and up until it fills the entire um, very <laughs> complicated heaven structure. Everybody starts celebrating because they're like, why is everybody celebrating? Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> so at the end of the very first discourse is the most explosive mudita reverberation, um, I think in the entire Pali canon. Everybody's like, look at that, that's great. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's core to our tradition to actually know how to relate to joy. So I'd like to hear from a few people what you experienced or if you have any questions about that. Sure. So if someone's good fortune is good to them in the moment, but you have a partial insight that maybe that's not the best thing for that person. So I'm not quite sure how to celebrate that. And that's, that's authentic. That's an authentic quandary. Um, so I would let that be an authentic quandary space and not try to make it go one way or the other. But it's like, yeah, that's, that's mixed. Um, I mean, there are many examples of that, but um, one of my nieces has gotten into a very, um, it's a very difficult lifestyle. And the things that she celebrates almost always kind of explode. And she really feels a lot of pain around them. So it's been very hard, the mudita, when she's feeling mudita, we almost always go, oh no, (laughs) oh no, (laughs) not again. But then she feels hurt because she's like, wow, you guys don't get it. This is good for me. And so it's always like bittersweet. And we're we're looking for the real things we can celebrate. And there are certain things she does that we totally can celebrate. And we really, it's like, oh, thank God. But then some of the things that she celebrates are just nail biters for us. And that's authentic, that there would be times when it's, I wouldn't try to make it one thing or the other. wouldn't try to get you know, this or that. It's like, yep, this is, this is mixed. And that would be true. So you start where things are a little more clear just to make sure you can access it. And then you exp- keep expanding into complicated areas and like, yeah, some part of this is worth celebrating. Some part of this is worth celebrating. And then I also have this concern. And so if you were with a friend and they had concerns, but they didn't acknowledge that you were happy, and they only came in with their criticism, it would be such a mismatch. So you might say, hey, I'm so glad for you. You look really happy. I'm also a little concerned about this, but I see you're happy. That's probably gonna go cross over to them more and it's like, whoa, don't be happy, watch out. You made a mistake before here. You don't have the best choices in your partners, so <laughs> maybe it's love to you, but uh. <laughs> you know. 
That may be how you're feeling, but the skillfulness of that exchange can be questioned. Let's go back there. Beautiful, beautiful. And so seeing that in a friend and seeing that their growth over time and then reflecting that back to them. I mean, we only know ourselves from the inside and our friends and family and other people know us from the outside. And so it's a beautiful thing when someone actually resonates with your joy. Someone actually can see it. And so we don't have to do this all alone, this life. And to actually have people who can empathize with your journey um, because we're really hurt, we're wired to be herd animals, that getting that resonance and empathy on the joys and the sorrows um, can be a, a healthy expression of how we grow our hearts to be connected. Yeah. Um, does, does empathetic joy ever get out of hand? Yeah. So that is another uh, near enemy of this. Near enemy is, is sort of, you're very close to the, what you're trying to cultivate, but it kind of goes in a strange direction that's not so helpful. And one of them is exuberance. And you start to get so ungrounded from the joy and the celebration and the possibility that it's too much. You're running way too much energy and you can't actually contain it. You can't actually be in it. You have to do something with it because it's just too much joy. So <laughs> would that you had this problem, <laughs> would that you were plagued with this problem. But when that happens, what you want to do with joy is not act it out. When we do that, we're spending our joy. Meditatively, you actually want to bathe in your joy. You want your body to know joy. You want your cells to soak in joy. So you might... Like, this is great, I'm going to rev it. Oh my God, it's fun, rev it, rev it, rev it. The joy, the joy, this is great. And then it's just like, wow. You're probably going to have a crash from the joy if it gets to be exuberant. So I'm not sure if that's actually, was your question, does it go too high? But um, that can happen when it's just more joy than you know how to sit with. And so then it, you have to do something with it because you've driven yourself into a, um, an excessive state. So when you feel that, it's about sort of breathing in the middle of it and talking yourself down from, oh my God, it's so big. And it's like, let's, hey, let's see if we can get this down in here. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy for you. And let that happiness be a warmth that you are nourishing yourself with.
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of good points in that about um, being gravitating towards suffering and then recognizing this actually is not, I don't know how to do this. Um, this is not good circumstances for me. Um, my father became a social worker late in life and he's just had way too much contact with suffering and it feeds his Yankee, like, yeah, this human thing is really a bust because all I see is this how broken it is. I was like, I think it's time we go for a walk. <laughs> so I'm like, let's get a little sunlight in here. And I was like, yeah, but that's just going to be the same tomorrow. I was like, oh, this has gotten a little too much. So knowing, like, how much suffering can you open up to before your, your, your boat begins to sink? You've just taken on too many waves of pain, and then you get disoriented, and you kind of forget, oh, maybe I should have taken a walk a while ago. So that's, especially if you're, if you're drawn to caregiving or in a caregiving profession, um, or if you have a heart that actually gravitates towards pain, then this is actually very important that you know how to cultivate. And then what you'll find is that it is foreign and, you don't, and you'll learn lessons if it's new to you. And then right there you can taste the envy because we all know what pain is like. The unconscious response to somebody else's joy is like, oh, I want that. I don't get enough of that. Oh, it's happening to you. It means it won't happen to me. There's only so much to go around and you're getting it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my turn. Like, I can't even stand to look at you. You're so happy. It just, <laughs> it just makes it that much clearer to me how much I'm suffering. So that, that's, you know, because we get into that trap, because we, we all know suffering, we all have not had enough well-being to put us at ease. And so that is a kind of an unconscious first response. I want some, I want some. How do I get mine? Or it's obvious it won't happen to me because I see it outside of myself. With mudita, it's like, because you did it, that means humans can do it. And I'm a human, so I get to do it. This is great. <laughs> Go humans. <laughs> we can do this. So it's a, it's a, if it's new for you, I also have a friend who is, she went on a surfing vacation. It was like a surfing vacation. Really? She's like, yeah, I need, I need to be taught how to enjoy myself. It doesn't come naturally to me. I need to be shown how to enjoy being on the planet. And if I don't get shown that, I will keep choosing conscious suffering. So I'm, I'm putting a stake in the sand and saying, I know how to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do something uncomfortable and explore happiness and cultivate that. And that's actually a big part of our tradition. We, we are very good at acknowledging and, and not running from pain, but it's not doable over a long period of time if you also don't know how to cultivate well-being. And, and happiness on the path is part of why we stay on the path. So knowing how to cultivate that. 
And it, it takes years to do that. I mean, it's not something you like figure out today necessarily, but we win it by degrees. And so you're learning something about as you get happier, other people have this response. And you can see like, oh, it's painful. I'm actually doing well and they can't celebrate it with me. It brings up this unconscious but very common response of envy. So we have to end here, so we have time to do some walking. So you're completely allowed to keep practicing loving kindness for yourself, for easy categories, for friends. If it feels natural to you and you want to explore it, you can explore the compassion practice and really experiment with that and strengthen that. You're also completely welcome whenever you want to practice mudita and cultivate that well-being, that celebration of the beauties and the joys in the world. So I leave it up to you how you go walking and how you enjoy your meal, your dinner. <laughs>